The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Doing pretty good? Right, well, again, let me welcome all of you to Coastal Community Church. Um, for those that haven't met me or weren't here when Pastor Chris introduced, um, I'm Ryan Spell. I'm the youth pastor here at Coastal Community Church, and I get the privilege of speaking to you all here this morning. Super excited about it. Uh, but what I want to do is actually kind of set the stage for you a little bit and kind of explain how we got here. Um, so a couple weeks ago, Pastor Chris came up to me and said that he wanted to do this youth Sunday. Uh, he wanted me to speak this Sunday. And I was like, oh man, that sounds great, right? Haven't got to do that yet. Always wanted to. Uh, so he said that I could come up here and preach this morning. Um, but when he did that, he said that we would actually be in between a couple, um, two different series, right? We just finished up our Real F Word series last week. That was awesome. Um, and then two weeks from now, we actually jump into our At The Movies series, right? Everyone excited for that one? It's going to be good. Always a summer favorite. Um, but when he said this, he was like, yeah, you can pick anything you want to talk about. That sounded a little strange to me, right? I don't know if y'all know Pastor Chris that well, but it's not normally how it rolls around here. Um, so I was like, are you sure about that? Like anything I want, any story, anything, any topic? He said, yeah, go for it. I said, Okay. So I went back to my office and I started thinking about it, you know, going through all these different uh, ideas in my head, different things I could speak on, different stories to use. And uh, that's when it hit me. I was just sitting there writing and I was like, you know what? Pastor Chris is just messing with me. You know, he's trying to see what I'm going to do uh, without his guidance, what I'm going to do if I just pick any topic. And um, we all have a pretty good relationship on staff here at Coastal. And so I was like, okay, two can play that game, right? So I'm going to mess with him back. And so I decided I was going to try and think of the weirdest stories I could in the Bible, and I was going to pitch it to him like that's what I wanted to do on Sunday morning. And so I decided on the story in Numbers, uh, Balaam and his donkey. Anybody know that story? Balaam and his donkey? It's a good one, right? And so for those of you that don't know, in Numbers, there's a man named Balaam. Uh, the story starts off, he's actually riding down a road on a donkey. He's with these Moabite officials, and they're actually going to curse uh, this different group of people. And God tells um, Balaam, don't go with these people, don't go curse this other group. And of course, like most Bible stories, right, he disobeys God, uh, goes with these people. And um, he actually angers God so much in doing so that God sends an angel uh, to kill him. Right? So Balaam's riding down the road on his donkey, having a good old time. Um, Next thing you know, there's an angel standing in the road in front of him. The Bible says, with a sword drawn. Now, I mean, an angel could just snap its fingers and you're gone, right? But you know you've made God mad when there's an angel with a sword standing in front of you in the middle of the road ready to take you out. Uh, so the Bible actually says that Balaam couldn't see the angel. The donkey could. So the donkey starts veering off the road. Uh, Balaam's like, what's going on with this donkey? What is it doing? Tries to get it back on the road. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever messed with donkeys before. Uh, a little backstory about me. I actually have an animal science background. I uh, graduated from Clemson University with an animal veterinary science degree. Uh, doing a little bit different stuff now. Uh, but I worked on a farm here in Charleston, messed with donkeys, and uh, they actually don't listen even on the best of days, let alone when there's an angel standing in front of them with a sword, right? And so the donkey keeps going off the road. I said, the Bible says that the donkey slams Balaam into a wall at one point. Uh, I think at one point he even just lays down with Balaam sitting on top of him. Donkey's like, I'm not going down this road when there's an angel standing there. And again, Balaam's yelling at the donkey, trying to beat the donkey back onto the road. Um, and at one point the Bible says that the donkey even spoke to Balaam. He said, why are you doing this to me? And of course, in this moment, I got Eddie Murphy's voice from Shrek going to my head, right? I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. 
You know, I can just tell them, we'll get it over the speakers. They can have Eddie Murphy's voice coming in, yelling at Balaam. Balaam, I can, it, it'd just be great. And so that's what's all picturing in my head, and the story keeps going. Uh, eventually, God does allow Balaam to see the angel, and he's like, oh, you know, good looking out donkey. You know, it's good saving my life there. And so, in, again, in my head, I'm just, man, this is going to be a great story. Uh, like I said, I used to work at a farm here in Charleston, so I even pitched, I went to Pastor Chris, so I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, I even got connections. I can get a live donkey here on stage on Sunday. We can have Eddie Murphy's voice going through the sound system. It'll be the greatest sermon ever done at Coastal Community Church. And so needless to say, I almost did not make it up here to preach to you all this morning. Um, Yeah, he wasn't having much of that. Uh, But no, in all reality, I do have something that I do want to talk to you about this morning, something that God has laid on my heart, uh, something that I am passionate about and that I really feel that we should just all, uh, you know, be aware of. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about the power of God. Um, Now, I know for a lot of you, that's probably a pretty uh, generic, broad topic, right? And for some of you, it might even be a pretty um, obvious one, right? Most people know about the power of God, have heard about the power of God, know He is all-powerful, all that stuff. Uh, But just, just hear me out here. I want to actually talk about going a little deeper, right? Knowing God's power being able to recognize God's power, and then truly being able to experience God's power. So that's what we want to look at today. Um, Now, as I was thinking about it, I think there's two different kinds of people, right? I think there's those of us who have felt clear instances of God working in our lives. Right? We've clearly felt on a daily basis, um, we have felt God working. You know, maybe for some of you, uh, it's getting that job or that opportunity, that promotion, you know, that you just never thought you would. Uh, Maybe for some of you, it's God is coming in and fixing your marriage. You know, you've been struggling with that. Uh, Maybe for some of you, it's even God healing a family member or a friend that you just thought there was no hope for. You know, we've clearly felt these instances of God putting his power into our lives and working. And then I think there's the flip side of that. You know, there's the people who Life just keeps hitting them from every direction. You know, they just keep getting faced with trial and struggle and everything. And God just seems to be nowhere to found, be found. Right? They're just standing there being hit with all this stuff. Everything's piled on top of them. And they're saying, God, where are you? And so that's what I want to talk about today. How can we recognize God working in our lives, in our everyday lives? And so to do that, we're actually going to look at a couple of different passages um, that describe God's power. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 10. If not, it should be up there on the screen. Um, but it starts off with the Apostle Paul writing, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Uh, sounds kind of intense, right? I mean, I think a lot of us, we think that the enemy we're facing is the stuff that we'll de- we deal with every day. But the truth is, our enemy is much greater than that, right? And so I think that's the first step to truly knowing God's power. At your first blank there on your outline, I think it's we have to recognize that Satan is the enemy, Right? I mean, the enemy is not, it's not those family members that you don't get along with. Uh, it's not those friends or people that you feel uh, maybe keep stabbing you in the back. It's not that addiction 
or that depression that you just can't seem to shake no matter what you do. Um, I'm going to steal Pastor Chris's joke here and say it's not even the Carolina fans, right? Because we all know God rocks the orange and purple. Um, No, but the enemy is the devil himself, right? Satan. And he's going to do everything within his power, right? Use every resource he has, use everything he can do to just beat you down, right? He's just going to keep piling it on, keep hitting you with all different kinds of things. And then when he actually does have you down, right, when you feel like there's no hope left, you know what he's going to do? He's going to put even more on top of you until you're just going to feel like there's no hope, you're at your wit's end, there's no way out of it. And that's the moment when you can truly know God's power, right? It's in those moments that we can truly recognize it And then if we know how to, we can use his power to get us out of that. But what's really cool, too, is that it's not even like God's power, God's strength, is some secret thing that we have to, you know, go on a treasure map. We have to decode this verse of the Bible and go here and find this and go jump through these hoops. You know, it's not like that. God gives us clear access to his power. And we can actually read about it right here in this passage in Ephesians. So jumping back into it, Ephesians verse 13 It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. So it says, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Guys, one thing you have to realize is that God's power, it's not just a retroactive thing. It's not something that you just use when you need it. It's a proactive thing. God wants you to be protected at all times. You know, God wants to be with us when we're standing up on the mountaintop celebrating when all the good stuff's going right. You know, he doesn't want to just have to, get, have to watch us get drugged off the mountain by Satan, you know, thrown down to the hole of despair where Satan thrives and can work on us before we actually let him come and work with us and get us out of it. Like, he doesn't want to have to watch all that stuff go down. But one of the best parts is that even if it does, we have a God who is willing to meet us in that hole. Right? He's willing to come get us down from in that hole and bring us back on top with him. Because I want you to hear this loud and clear, right? Being a believer, accepting Christ, following Jesus, it is essentially, in all reality, willingly entering into the most intense war that you could possibly be a part of. Does that make sense? I mean, it is literally entering the most hard-fought battle that you could be a part of. But you know what's awesome in that? It's the fact that we're already on the winning side. You know, we already know the ending. We already know that God wins. And uh, as I was thinking about this, uh, it's funny, the other day I was actually watching ESPN, a huge sports fan, and they were actually showing a replay of Clemson's national championship game from this past January. You know, I mean, great game for us, maybe not for some of you. Uh, it was pretty awesome. But I just, as I was watching it, I found myself thinking, you know, there's just something about watching a game where you already know the ending. Anyone ever experienced that? You know, I mean, the good things, you almost get more jacked about the good stuff. Right, when I watched that last play, we threw a touchdown with one second left. I mean, I was probably even more hyped uh, than I was when I watched the game live. You know, that, that could have been because it was like one in the morning or something, and I was nodding in and out, but it was still awesome. And then the bad stuff, it just didn't seem as bad. 
Right? I mean, I still grimaced when I watched Deshaun Watson throw a pick or take a hit or when we turned the ball over or whatever it was, but it just wasn't as bad knowing when I knew the outcome. Right? And during those low times in the game was nowhere near as bad when I knew that the ending was going to be much greater. And honestly, I think it's in that same way that we should go about in our spiritual war. Right? The same way that we should go about being a believer in Christ. I mean, we know that God wins. We know that Satan is defeated and that we are on the winning side. Now, as I say that, being on the winning side, it doesn't make the battle any less real. You know, go ask those football players who took every beating. Even though they still won, I'm sure they're messed up the next day. Right? I mean, it doesn't make the battle any less real. And honestly, like I said, living for Christ is the hardest thing you can do but it's something that you're not supposed to do on your own. And you don't have to do it on your own. Um, one thing that's always kind of bugged me a little bit, I just have to be kind of honest here, it's a little pet peeve of mine, it's when people say that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Um, you've probably heard people say that a lot. Um, the verse that people actually get it from is 1 Corinthians 10.13. And it says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted any more than you can take. I mean, Sounds pretty good, right? I mean, it sounds like we got a guy who's looking out for us all the time. But what a lot of people do is they forget to read the next part of that verse. And it says, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I think that's the key part to that verse. Because, guys, God is going to give you more than you can handle. That's just the truth. But that's because you're not meant to handle it on your own. Right? We are designed, we are meant to have to rely on God's strength. That's how he made it. You know, we cannot do it without him. And I think that's the second step to knowing God's power, is to accept that you need him. Right? Accept that you need God at all times. Accept that you can't do it without his love. Accept that you can't do it without his strength, his power, and even the tools that he gives us access to. Right, jumping back into Ephesians, verses 14 through 17, it says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. It says, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Just right there, I mean, when I said it was an intense war, He's shooting flaming arrows at us. I mean, it is an intense spiritual war. But it keeps going on. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So just, just reading that right there, he gives us everything that we need. Right? Looking back, he gives us the belt of truth. Right? These are those little blanks right there for you. The belt of truth. And one thing I think you have to realize is that these descriptions, there's both the physical piece of the armor and then there's the description of that piece. Right? So he gives us the belt of truth, which is our protection from Satan, who is the father of lies. Right? That belt of truth protects us from all the lies that Satan tries to get us with, all the, everything that this world tells us. He gives us that piece of armor just to, to beat that. Uh, he also gives us that breastplate of righteousness. 
right? I mean, the breastplate sticks right on your chest. It's securing our heart, uh, our most vital pieces of our body from the accusations and the charges of Satan. Right? And then there's, what's next? The shield of faith. So that's basically a protection. It is a physical representation of faith in our lives. And it's a protection against uh, Satan sowing doubt and just unease in us. Right? He's trying to get us that feeling that, that God's not being there for us. And so that's what that shield of faith is for. And then there's the sword of the Spirit. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed one of those. There's the helmet of salvation. Right? Again, a physical piece of armor. It's a helmet. It's to protect our innermost thoughts in our mind from the lies, again, of Satan. All the stuff that he's going to tell you in your life that's going to throw you off the path you're meant to be on, that helmet is there to protect you from that. And then lastly, there's this, um, the sword of the Spirit. And what's interesting about that is, is that it's the only weapon found in God's armor. Right? It's the only piece that can be used as a weapon. And so it is both a figurative and then literal representation of our faith in God, of the holiness and the power of God. You know, through it, we can not only protect ourselves, we can not only use it as a part of our armor to protect ourselves, but we can also use it to conquer all things in Jesus' name. Right? It's the one piece of the armor that we can use to go out and further God's kingdom. And so in this, I think it's where you get past just knowing God's power. Right? Just knowing about it. And I think this is where you get into truly experiencing God's power. Because there's a big difference there in just knowing about it and then being able to experience it. You know, we have to truly understand what his power, what he can do for us. And so that's the first step in experiencing God's power. It's simply to do what this verse says and to put on the armor of God. Right? In order to experience God's power, we have to put on that armor. We have to, I mean, you just lace up in, in God's armor, right? Wrap yourself, immerse yourself in his power. You know, just, I mean, if you just imagine, it's that feeling of just nothing can touch you. Right? You know one of the most common verses in the Bible, uh, if my God is for me, who can be against me? I think that's the feeling that comes from putting on God's armor. You know, and in saying that, it's not that you can't be tested, right? You're going to be tested, I promise that. If you were entering, if you were on God's side, entering into this war, you are going to be tested and tested hard. But with God's armor, with God's power, none of those things will ever be able to beat you. You know, my favorite verse actually in the entire Bible, it's, uh, it's found in Deuteronomy. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And for me, that's what I think of when I think about the armor of God. You know, for, for me, that, that verse just oozes God's power and God's strength and God's security. Right? We don't have to be afraid or terrified because of anybody else, because we have God on our side. And, you know, if you just, it's, again, it's just that recurring theme of God just telling us to put on that armor. You know, put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and then grab the sword of the Spirit. You know, just, again, wrap yourself up in his armor. And um, I was trying to think of a practical way uh, to think about it for us now. And I think it's almost, it's almost like insurance, right? I mean, most people have car insurance. 
uh, not knowing if or when they're going to get into an accident. Uh, most people have health insurance, not knowing if or when they're going to get sick. Right? Some people even have life insurance, not knowing how or when they're going to die. Because uh, that's the only one there that's probably not an if. You know? Um, but in, that, in having those things, or in not having those things, you, know, you probably can't make it through life without those. Right? But what happens when something goes wrong? How tough is it going to be then? You know, I think it's in the same way that God's power works. But we can probably make it through life without God's power. But what kind of life is that? How are we going to be able to enjoy the things that God has for us when we have to worry about every little test that's coming our way? You know, when you have God's power and a test comes, that's when you're truly going to appreciate it. Right? I mean, you're going to be so glad that you have God's power. You have the, the faith and the peace that comes from God's protection. And that's the only way you can get it. Right? That's the only way we can do what we are meant to do. You know, another super common uh, verse in the Bible, it's, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Right? But what's interesting is that it's not even about just what that power can do for us. Right? It's what we can then take that power and do to further the kingdom of God. Right? Because, again, it's not just about us. We have to take what God gives us and use it to further his kingdom. Um, there's a, verse, a passage in 1 Corinthians. It's actually 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Uh, it's the Apostle Paul again. And he writes, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you with, in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise or persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Um, now for me, in reading that, uh, that passage hits about as close to home as, as possible. And so I just want to tell you a little story, uh, kind of what got me here to where I am today. Um, like I said, about a couple years ago, uh, I was doing the animal science thing. I was working on a farm here in Charleston. Uh, it was actually Middleton Place out there, uh, kind of managing their stables. And it was about that time in, in the life of our church where we had actually planned a missions trip uh, to Peru, which we're doing again, uh, coming up in a, in a couple months. Um, but when I first heard about this trip, I didn't think too much of it, right? As a little further backstory, um, I grew up here at Coastal. Uh, I was a part of the youth group that we have here at Coastal. And when I was in high school, I did feel the desire to go into full-time ministry, right? I was super excited about it. That's what I wanted to do. Um, then I had a couple things that kind of happened throughout when I was in high school um, that not caused me to run away from God at all, but it did cause me to take a step back and maybe reevaluate the decision to go into ministry, uh, and so, again, I went to Clemson and ended up doing the animal science thing. And that's kind of where I was at that point in my life. And like I said, the church decided to go on this missions trip to Peru. And as the trip got closer and closer, for some reason I just felt this desire. It just got stronger and stronger. You know, so I talked to my wife about it, and um, we both decided that we were just going to go. 
right? Because I especially didn't want to have any regrets about it. You know, when you get that feeling sometimes, no matter what it is, you just don't want to have any regrets about not doing it. And so we decided to do it. Um, it was actually my first time out of the country. Um, never really flown much before, and so we just jumped on a plane to Peru. And honestly, it turned out to be one of the greatest experiences of my life. It's what set me on the path to where I am now. And um, what was really cool about this trip was we had a good group going, and we actually all got to share our testimonies at different places uh, in Peru. And so Scott, who was leading the trip at the time, um, a couple days into the trip, he told me that I was actually going to get to share my testimony at a Bible study. And now some of the other people had gotten, had to share theirs at like in a giant auditorium talking to a bunch of people or at some kind of difficult situation. And I was like, well, cool, Bible study. I can do that one, right? Small little group. Um, just a nice, easy Bible study. Because honestly, I hadn't thought about it before. And um, I just remember thinking, even I was tr- as I was trying to prepare my testimony, I was like, what can I tell these people that's going to make a difference in their lives? Right? I mean, I'm some privileged white guy from the United States. What am I going to be able to tell this group of impoverished, struggling Peruvians that's going to make any kind of sense to them? You know? And so the day that came for me to share my testimony, and um, Scott said that we were actually going to go to the Bible study at 10 o'clock at night, which I thought was kind of interesting, but it's because the Peruvians work such long hours there. By the time they take the bus and get home, it's actually that late at night. And so we get on the bus and we pull up to this, uh, it's the shanty village. I don't know if anybody's ever seen pictures of that. But just to paint a picture, it's basically like a crumbling pile of bricks uh, leaned up against some light plywood that forms their homes. And so we pulled up, and it's 10 o'clock at night. It's actually starting to rain, which in Peru, uh, it doesn't actually rain, it just kind of mists. So it's like adding to this ambience of just craziness, and I'm like, what am I doing here? And so we get off the bus, uh, we walk into this little side yard area. Um, There's one little light shining down. I mean, again, misting rain, one little light. I walk in, there's like 50 Peruvians sitting there. I'm like, okay, (laughs) this makes sense, right? Bible study, not really. And um, so, again, I walked in. I didn't know what I was going to say, uh, but Christian, who was our translator, he came up to me. He's like, all right, it's time to do this. I was like, okay, let's do it. You know, so I walk up there in front of everybody, and the only thing that I could think to tell these people was about the power of God, you know, about what God has done in my life. Because like, I may not have struggled with all these different things like they had, but it was through God's power that I hadn't. So that's all I could tell them. You know, I just told them, no matter, you know, no, matter where, no matter where you live, no matter what language you speak, no matter what your financial status is, you know, no matter even what you've done in your life, God still loves you. Right? He still has his power and is willing to work on your behalf. And that's all I could really think to tell them. You know, I'm sure it was really short. And thinking back on it, I, couldn't, I can't remember anything I actually said like, at all. And, um, but that evening we actually got back to the orphanage we were staying at and we had kind of a, a little debriefing and Christian, the translator, uh, he just told me how cool he thought it was that I, again, being who I am, this privileged white guy from the United States, had probably no idea about real struggle compared to these people, right? He thought it was so cool that I was able to come over and give them just an idea and a hope of God's power. Right? These people who had never experienced anything like that at all 
right? They had been third world struggling their whole life, and they had no idea about what God's power could do for them. And it was in that time, at that moment, that I realized God truly can work through and in anyone, right? I mean, his power truly has no limits, right? He can take a little white boy from South Carolina, take him over to Peru, and make some kind of difference in this world. And that's, that's just what truly hit me at that time. You know, and then reading this, this passage in Corinthians, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but it was with a demonstration of God's power, right? So that their faith, so that your faith, it doesn't have to rest on human wisdom or my wisdom, because, come on, I mean, my wisdom. Uh, but it will rest on God's power. And that's the coolest part about it. God used me to demonstrate his true power. And he can do the same thing both through you and for you. Right? His power is limitless. He can use anyone and anything to show you his love and his strength. You know, he can use anyone and anything to bring you out of the deepest hole of your life. You know, when you see nothing else but despair and struggle, he can bring you out of it. And then when he does, when he's gotten you out of it, right, when he's brought you out of the despair, out of the struggle, out of the addiction, out of the depression, just out of the heartache, that's when he can use you. Right? He can use you like you never thought possible in the most amazing ways. His power is truly that great. And um, there's one more passage in Job. It's actually Job 12, 13 through 25, that sums it up the, the coolest way I've ever seen. It's a description, Joe describing God's power. So just listen along as I read this real quick. It says, To God belong wisdom and power. Counsel and understanding are his. What he tears down cannot be rebuilt. Those he imprisons cannot be released. If he holds back the waters, there is drought. If he lets them loose, they devastate the land. To him belong the strength and insight. Both deceived and deceiver are his. He leads rulers away stripped and makes fools of judges. He takes off shackles put on by kings and ties a loincloth around their waist. He leads priests away stripped and overthrows officials long established. He silences the lips of trusted advisors and takes away the discernment of elders. He pours contempt on nobles and even disarms the mighty. He reveals the deep things of darkness. And then hear this, he brings utter darkness into light. He makes nations great and then destroys them. He enlarges nations and then disperses them. He deprives the leaders of the earth of their reason he makes them wander in trackless waste. They grope in darkness with no light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. So guys, what I want you to hear loud and clear today is that this God that Job was just describing, the God who can do all these things, the God that is this powerful, you know, the God, the same God that leads rulers away and makes fools of judges, He's the God that can help save your marriage. 
You know, the same God that takes off the shackles put on by kings, he's the same God that can help you kick that addiction you've been struggling with. You know, the same God that overthrows officials long established and disarms the mighty, he's the God that'll help you overcome that depression. And then hear this one right here, the same God that brings the utter darkness into light, he's the same God that loves you. He's the same God that created you in his image. And he's the same God that is offering you an eternal life of peace with him. This God that we serve, that we love, he will do everything he can, everything within his immense and glorious power to show you his love and share with you the gift of eternal life. Because that's what it's all about. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know his power. Uh, he wants you to know his love is real, his power is real, and that we can truly experience it. Right? It's not just some words to live by. You know, it's not one of those Facebook memes with the cool picture and the, the caption of the Bible verse. You know, his power is real. There's actually a, a short little verse right after that long passage describing his power. And it says, My eyes have seen all this, my ears have heard and understood it. Guys, God's not hiding from you. Right? He wants you to know him. He wants you to experience everything that he has for you. And I think all we really have to do to be able to experience that, to know that, all we have to do is open ourselves up to him. So that's that last, the last thing, I think, to knowing God's power and then experiencing his power we just have to be willing to experience him. Right, we have to open ourselves up to his power, what he can do for us, and then what he has done for us. You know, past, present, and future, everything. That's what we have to do to experience his power. And so that's my prayer for you today. You know, if you do already know God personally, if you do already have that relationship with him, you call him your own uh, personal savior. I pray that you just open yourself up even more uh, to him, his power, and his working in your life. You know, I pray that you are even more willing to see him and let him come work for you. Uh, but then if you don't know him yet, if you don't have that relationship with him yet, man, we're so glad that you're here today. And, you know, I just pray that, that all you do is give him a chance. Right, give God a chance just to work in your life. Give him the opportunity to show you his power and what he can do for you. You know, truly, I pray that you, you don't even walk out these doors here today without just giving him that chance. You know, I mean, honestly, what do you have to lose in just giving him a chance to show you what he's about? You know, I pray that you just let him meet you where you are. Like I said, it's one of the greatest things about our God. He will come meet you wherever you are, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what things you are facing at this time, God is willing to come meet you, use his power, use his strength to get you where you are meant to be. Let's pray. Father God, I just, I thank you. Um, I thank you for everything that you do for us. Thank you for your love. 
Thank you for your power. Thank you for your strength and your security. God, thank you for all the tools that you give us, all that armor, all that protection and security that you have for us. And today, Father, I just pray that everyone here opens themselves up to you a little more. You know, whether that is someone who knows you personally and they just become even more willing to let you work in their lives, um, or whether that's the person who is struggling today, Father. You know, whether that's the person struggling every day to live without your protection. Father God, I just pray that that they realize that that you can help them. I pray that today uh, they just say something like this, God, that I know I can't do it without you. I know I can't do it on my own. And today I want you to come into my life and be my protection, be my rock and my fortress. And from today on, no matter what's going on, no matter what I'm facing, I will just let you work on my behalf. And Father, I know there's some people here today in this room that are struggling, and struggling without, without you in their lives. And I just hope that they say something like that today. And so again, Father, we just thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your son. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.